You want to play it that way, Cerritos? I know another way. Because I know you like you should know me. Access denied. Oh, no, no, no. This can't be happening. First I get kicked off the Titan, then the Cerritos doesn't even know me anymore. Where do I belong? <laughs> Come on, Brad. This is your home. You're right where you belong. Then why am I going to die in a Jeffrey's tube? You're not. You are Brad Boimler. And you've been in tougher spots than this. Now open up a panel and start figuring out a solution. You're right. Thanks, Tom Paris. <laughs> I am a little worried about the fumes in here, though. Personal log. I'm trapped because of a computer glitch. Or perhaps it is I who is the glitch. Personal log cannot be recorded. Ah, I'm gonna die and it's all because of this stupid plate! Yeah. Don't do it, Bradward! Not the plate! <laughs> uh, huh? Oh, God. oh, no, 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 no! Ah. Oh. I do exist! Tom Paris! Okay, Zorn! Tom Paris, can I just say that I'm a really huge fan and I will play for you? Everybody to Deep Space Pride, a gay Star Trek podcast. My name is Mike. I am one of your co-hosts, and with me is Johnson, my other co, our other co-host. Your other co-host. Yes. Hi, Mike. On yours, ours. How are you? Hi. I'm good. But I'm tired. How are you? I'm good as well. It is. Uh, damn, it's September. That's right. Oh my gosh, the year is like basically over. I mean, it's two thirds over. Where did 2021? You know, have you been having any trouble like realizing that this is 2021? No. I f- no? No. I feel like I, when people talk about what year it is, I, I want to say it's not 2020, but it's, I also suddenly want to jump to saying it's 2022 and I do not know why. Oh my God, that's weird. Uh, it's like this weird time warp that i'm in but if it, if it's already 2022 i am already 40 and that is not true because <laughs> i'm not 40 yet i'm 39 so there we are for a total of four more months that's correct thank you yes uh, not dead yet <laughs> you're not gonna die after you turn 40 i think i read this article i think it was on toll road or something i don't know if you're familiar with it the it's a lgbtq site um but it was basically saying how and this is like years ago so i don't know if it's true anymore but they were basically saying yeah when you're 40 in the lgbtq community you're basically dead used to be basically r.i.p so it used to be 30 so people thought that they you know gay dead was 30 and now i think it's 40 but now it got pushed up to 40 so but um i I, you know i don't i'm lucky i guess you are you're still alive alive. i mean i'm alive and i am over 40 so well i don't know debatable oh really (laughs) just kidding continue your thought what were you saying before oh i have no idea oh 2022 that's right we're not there. yeah you know i can't it's hard to grasp the the fact that uh it's 2021 i don't know why for me i'll i don't know but the year you're right the year is almost over we're entering fall kids are going back to school you know i love fall it's my favorite season why is it your favorite season the air is crisper. I like that it's a little bit cool, but not too cool. It's not too humid. The leaves are turning. You have the holidays to look forward to. There's a lot going on, I think, in the fall that makes it a fun season. Do you not like the fall? Uh, no, I actually don't mind the fall. I just prefer the summer. I mean, because it gradually gets darker. I understand. That's one of the things that I don't like. Uh, you know, we're, you know, in a month and a half, it'll be like 530 and it'll be dark outside and that I do not like, um, I understand. So that's, that's part of it. Uh, 
Yeah, you know, I don't I don't mind the slightly cooler weather. You know, I'm pretty happy around 75, 60, 60, 65, 75 degrees. So, okay. uh, but, uh, you know, once it starts dipping back down to the 50s and you have to wear a coat. And for me, I have to wear a hat because I'm bald. Yeah, I, I don't so. love needing to take out like my Canada Goose jacket. It's like, there's right. no need. It's like, yeah. do I need to be this bundled up? But it's fine. But it is fall. Kids are going back to school. Uh, although in New York City, they don't really go back for another until the 13th. I don't know. Yeah. So it's. Uh, I don't know. have kids. Well, I don't have kids yet either, but uh, I have I know people who have kids and school. I don't pay attention to those people. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I have friends, I have children. Yes, children you do. Yes, children. Yes, I love you. Children. You have friends who have kids, and you'll have another friend who has kids eventually too. I guess so. Well, if you live that long, if yeah, someone, if, if we say. don't kill you first, or who knows, or you happen. die the gay death. Yes. Uh, one or the other, but uh, no, it's you know a lot of kids are going back to school. I'm seeing a lot of first day of school pictures on Facebook, Ooh. that sort of thing. Uh, so it's definitely. Uh, fall is sort of arriving although we've still got three weeks of official summer still mm -hmm. so it's not quite yeah. over and you know typically in new york city we do get some sort of indian summer in october at some point i know october can be kind of warm it can it can be it well can for be like warm. a week and then it gets cold again yeah it's not like it's not like the whole month of october is warm but anyway anyway uh, but yeah, we're in the last third of 2021 mm -hmm. and, uh, almost there. we're almost to another new year and it feels like these last couple of years have just, uh, you know, we, we started, we started recording this podcast in March of 2021 and here we are September of 2021 still recording. I think you said, up on you, our, I think you said March 2021, March 2020. We started recording March 2020. Yes. No, I said March 2020. We'll need to go back and inspect. I thought you said March 2021. I was no, I said no. So we've been doing this for a while. It has but our official while. one year anniversary is coming up in a, in a couple of weeks. So Right. And we are in the works in terms of figuring out what we're going to do to make that special for everyone. Yes. So TBD, exactly. to TBD. be determined. Speaking of special and uh, going into our next segment. I don't understand the segue at all. And you people, you're all astronauts on some kind of Star Trek. Just go with me. Speaking of special. All right. Yes, I mean, speaking of something special, one, uh, we got a, a uh, early peek at the Star Trek Prodigy opening. Um. So that was special, right? Mm -hmm. That was un unexpected, uh, especially I was surprised Star Trek Day is in a week. I know. I don't know why they decided to release it early, but sure. I mean, yeah, sure. I'll take it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I've watched it a couple of times. You had texted me right after, like, I just finished watching the first time and obviously I'd missed a lot and I've watched it subsequently and seen some outlines of what uh, is actually in the trailer. But what did you think of the trailer? Or the, the not even the trailer, the opening. The sequence. opening. Um, yeah, you know, I liked it. I thought it looked very slick. I love the focus on the ship flybys. I mentioned to you that it reminded, it definitely reminded me first of Discovery, um, the Discovery opening. Obviously, Discovery opening is very different stylistically. It's blueprints. It, it has a very specific palette, but the thematic thematic elements that they weave in, where you see outlines of people, faces, like close up of an eye, things like that, is very Discovery. Like Discovery actually has that one scene where you see the eye and the ship flies by, and here we have the same thing. Um, so there were definitely elements of it, and then you mentioned that it reminded you of Voyager. After you mentioned that, I was like, oh yeah, yeah, like I, I can see that too. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, it does more of the ship flybys through s different regions of space. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, 
obviously, which also, I mean, Lower Decks does that as well. So it's very, you know, sort of reminiscent of Lower Decks even, but we're a little bit older Star Trek fans. So we think further back. Uh, but yeah, I I thought it was really great. Obviously, the it's ship, long, by the way, it's over a minute. I was it's like a minute 34. I was like, that's a long intro. That is a long intro. And you know, I didn't I didn't catch uh I didn't I didn't pick up until like my third or fourth viewing that it was Janeway was the last image that you see. Yeah, I didn't catch that either until someone mentioned it because I, I couldn't really tell. But I was like, oh okay, yeah, I can see it now. Yeah, yeah, I can see it. And then there's also potentially a new badge that uh they fly through, the ship flies through. Uh if you look, I right saw, be- I saw right the be- com badge. Is it new? It looks new. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Maybe. I mean, I need to look at it again. I, I watched it twice. But Michael Giacchino, Giacchino, I don't know. I, I thought forget. it was Giacchino. <laughs> <laughs> I have no I idea. I don't know. I Actually, uh, well, you it's know, it's spelled like Giacchino. It's like Frappuccino, but not. There's a G I A in front, and then there's Kino. Jakino, Jakino, Jakino. Yes, I went. I okay. I actually started following. I was the closest. You win. Yes, uh, I I I found right. him. That's I found him on Instagram. I couldn't believe I wasn't following him already. But he does say last name is pronounced Jakino. Jakino. So, All right. Now we know um, you learn something new every single day. Yeah. So. uh he composed it. Thought it was. I thought it was really great. I actually. So you you made a comment that you didn't think it was very catchy. I've listened to it a couple of times, and I think there's some catchiness to it. It doesn't uh, have, to me, obviously music. The perception of music is subjective. It didn't really. I I think the discovery. And I know you're not a big fan of this discovery theme song. I actually think the discovery theme song is catchier than what we got for prodigy personally so it it was good it wasn't bad but to me it was kind of just like it's background music okay i mean i i liked it and i you know i i, I didn't hate it the discovery theme has grown on me uh like a significantly uh but yeah I, I i do like these more orchestral uh bigger feeling the discovery uh, theme is very orchestral. I guess bigger and bolder, you know, like, you know, just not enough trumpets, maybe. You like maybe, trumpets? maybe, maybe there's not. Discovery enough. uses a lot of strings. So I don't know. Yeah. So does Picard. So it's. Oh, uh, I hate the Picard song, Picard theme. It's like, so oh, I'm not a fan. I'm not a huge fan of it either. Um, but, uh, you know, it, but anyway, uh, this, this theme is, I think, really, uh, really good. Uh, I think it's classic Michael Giacchino. Uh, so I, I'm excited to, uh, I'm wondering if he's also going to do all of the episodes as well. Like if it's oh, a lot of work, maybe, yeah, maybe. So um, what did you think of the protostar? Love the ship. Uh, it's cool. Super like that third nacelle coming out of nowhere yeah it definitely had very like voyager vibes with the moving nacelles and then you have like the third like third nacelle that future enterprise d deal where it goes into slipstream or something yeah yeah so warp whatever one of those things maybe uh slip i I believe it's slipstream but uh... okay (laughs) one fake thing versus another fake thing Something very well. These are not fake. It's real. This is real. (laughs) It's all real. Um, Transwarp. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. No. I I think the ship is going to be great. Uh, I think it's beautiful. I I I loved the opening. I thought it was really great. No, it's good. And once you start realizing that it's anything excited, more excited for the show. Yeah, and once you realize that it is all the characters that they're sort of flying through, like I didn't realize that you know. So I actually found a, like a Twitter link that told you what each character was. And I had a couple of them mixed up. I didn't really think that that they were all uh, in the order that they were. So, oh, oh, you mean the close ups? 
Yeah, the, the the characters are you know the as the ship flies through the oh yeah, so it's, it was hard to tell. Like some of them, yeah. it was like too close up. So I mean, I think it might be on purpose, but it's hard to tell. Like who yeah, is. you know. So, uh, but I do remember that Discovery also did this very same thing. Uh, yeah, it did and, you know without the titles without the titles that did release before discovery came out they did release the the theme mm-hmm. song so mm-hmm. this is pretty standard for for them so um I think it's actually for all the shows i mean in the alex Korsman era they'll they'll tease the opening before it comes yeah. out yeah yeah so, so uh, it's a very maybe... common thing actually just nowadays maybe maybe no. they're doing this because they're going to show us a strange new worlds theme uh opening i mean honestly i just need like a teaser like i don't need the full opening sequence i just i want like a teaser yeah <laughs> like, I, I i think i think it's pretty obvious from their marketing that we're gonna see a lot about strange new worlds and probably meet so. the rest of the cast as well on uh star trek day next week so i think that'll be exciting to uh to mm-hmm. see that and i believe you know i'm i'm by I'm the feeling- way did you hear that i didn't realize this it's gonna be live it's a live panel versus like pre-recorded. Well, all right. You know, I heard the same thing and I am skeptical at best about that. Really? It's, it's they, a, there's an in-person event. There's an in-person part of this? Yeah. Really? Yes. How did we I not mean, get according to, to when I listened to the Trek movie podcast, one oh. of them was going. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. How come we don't get invited to these things? Well, we're not track movie, so no, we've been not. around for a lot longer. True, true. Um, okay, well, that I didn't know. I I thought it was just a, like another day. I didn't know that either house. until he mentioned that he was going. Well, oh, he was okay. like thinking about going, and the co-host was like, "Yes, you should go." Uh yeah. I mean, if if I get invited to go, I'm gonna figure it out and go somehow. However, I need to figure it out. Uh, I mean, okay. I wouldn't go to Vegas again just for this, but you know. I mean, who knows? You know, I I would for this. I for yeah. I mean, I would go. I would go anywhere for this. Wow, goodness. Um, I, you know, because you don't get invited to. You know, it's not. You know, you can't say no one time and then expect to get invited again. You know, it's that whole thing. But anyway. Anyway, we're, we're, uh, I didn't know neither it was here nor there because neither of us got invited, so it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You're right. It doesn't matter um it's irrelevant uh yes completely irrelevant <laughs> but uh so i didn't know it was going to be live like that that mm-hmm. i assumed that they were going to do what they did last year and have all these pre-recorded um panels so that is interesting mm-hmm. um uh and definitely something different uh so yeah, yeah that's exciting so um i don't know i i'm i'm working that next wednesday and have multiple things going on so i'm not gonna watch it live are you crazy you know i don't see how that's gonna gonna work but anyway anyway um so yeah so that's happening next week uh so we've seen the prodigy one so hopefully we'll see a bunch of strange new worlds and maybe they'll give us a schedule for what's what's coming next that'll be nice it's already like we've seen three episodes of lower decks so we're literally seven weeks away from whatever is next so yeah. what is next well i think i mean it, i think it's a good chance that prodigy is going to be next i but, think so but um, it just hasn't been set in stone yet so it's right, like, yeah. all right let's go let's go yeah exactly yeah I, i'm really surprised that they're not marketing this as you know oh you know 23 or 43 weeks of- i know i was saying that too I guess they, I mean, I would imagine that they weren't confident enough about the schedule, perhaps, to kind of sell it that way. Maybe there are too many things in flux with post-production and retaping or, you know, last minute, whatever. Yeah, no, that's true. For discovery. So maybe there's just more up in the air, you know? Yeah. I mean, the goal has always been, uh, I'm pretty sure that this is a Kurtzman quote, is to have Star Trek on 52 weeks a year um so i think they're work slowly working towards that and figuring out how they can just about pro- approximate that which yeah. um between five series they should be able to do so um but then they need to also as 
as like Picard wraps up, they need to have something ready to kind of fill that void. So right. it's, a, it's a it's a machine now. And, and on a side note, um, I saw. So I've been spending a little bit more time on Twitter. God help me. Um, okay. And I did see a tweet, and I don't remember who said it or anything, but um, being a huge Lego fan. One of the things that I've always wished for, and this tweet was about, you know, how come they never made Star Trek Legos? And uh, so, my, you know, hmm. again, this is part of what we've talked about before on how what we're, oh, we were talking about. Oh, we we're talking about Paramount Plus, remember? Yeah, and we were saying that um, they have all this money, but they've never really oh, they suck. Uh, they've never really done a lot with you know, Star Wars toys, for instance, in comparison to the other major franchise out there, the Star Wars franchise, they've never, Star Trek has never really paralleled it in terms of toys and other outlets and, and just expanded, right, right. Uh, expanded themselves. And so we, we were mm. talking about Paramount Plus because the app really does, um, does it's blow. It's not the best. Uh, it's um, suboptimal. It sucks. Yeah, when you get a fatal error on a next generation episode, that you <laughs> that's pretty watch, bad. Uh, you, Wait, I, I shared it with you. I don't know if I shared it on the podcast, but I definitely shared it with you. Remember, I I said that I was watching Evil, one of the Paramount Plus exclusives. Yeah, and all of a sudden, I was streaming on my Chromecast, and all of a sudden, it just the, stopped. The the no the um accessibility options just turned on, and I started <laughs> hearing a third voice. There are two characters in the scene and third voice started describing what the characters were, were doing. <laughs> and I was like, what is happening? I was like, is this part of it? And I was like, wait, this is, I think, for blind people. So I was like going into the app. I was trying to disable it. I couldn't. Right. I restarted the app, reconnect my Chromecast, restarted the episode at that moment. It kept on going. And then I was like, you know what? I can't do this. So I watch literally watched the rest of the episode on my phone. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, what is that? That's ridiculous. It really is. I mean, with the amount of money that Paramount has to not, I mean, we called it out right from the beginning. I mean, the Paramount Plus app was just the rebranding of the CBS All Access app. Yeah, really. it was. It's like it was. so terrible. And, uh, you know, I haven't seen a ton of new features or things added to it to make it any better whatsoever. So I hope they're going to relaunch it because it's pretty janky right now. I, I hope that they do come up with a new version and make it a little smoother, but... Uh, for sure. I mean, it's just a mess. It really is. But anyway, going back to what I was saying, as I saw a tweet about how come they never made any Star Trek Legos, mm -hmm. I would agree with that. Like, that's one of the, the areas that another area that, uh, you know, Paramount missed out on CBS missed out on like, why wouldn't you want to partner with the number one toy company in the world? Um, no, well, I mean, we don't know details. I mean, did Lego not want to partner with Paramount CBS? Who knows? I, I mean, maybe. I mean, I, you know, it could possibly be, but based upon other decisions that the the franchise owners have made, I would say that it's been uh, more their fault than Wait, who, Legos. Who do they have a partner with? Is it like Playmobil or something? Well, yeah. So they're doing the Playmobil Enterprise, which yeah. is like so, these, you know, these big, these are not minifigure size. No, these there's are like, like big, the janky Lego. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's like they, a, have the, yeah. they have the partnership of Playmobil. Yeah. Um, not the is, same. Hashtag not the same. Yeah. Not made really for adults. Um, but I don't think they can do both Playmobil and Lego. Yeah. Well, I don't know. But anyway, uh, definitely know. something that uh, is missing. We basically have notes, you're saying. We have, I, I have notes. We have feedback. I, I've had feedback for a long time. I, you know, uh, it, why wouldn't you model what star wars did with kenner and with I all of the know. licenses why wouldn't you model that as a money maker i mean this is why george lucas is a billionaire you know like these are the things that uh these are the decisions that i don't understand about paramount slash cbs have made in the past and and continue to make with a horrible app that crashes and has fatal errors on a I know, 35 so year old 35 year old episode that you're trying to watch i don't understand anyway um but we've talked a lot about star trek but what else have you been star trekking this week 
Yeah, well, I haven't really been watching that much in terms of episodic content, but last week's episode where we talked a little bit about Boimler and how he enjoys the escapades of the Enterprise D cast and the occasional 10 forward string quartet, it made me like seek out all these moments where mostly featuring data, to be honest, uh, but occasional guest stars where we basically get some sort of classical music performance. Like the thing about TNG, which is really interesting if you're going to compare it to something like Discovery. Discovery, and I don't know if it's like the cultural appetite or something like that, but you know, like Discovery, the, that um, one episode in season one, Magic to Make the Man Go Mad, they're having a party um, in the mess hall and it's pop music and, you know, it's very modern. While, and I don't know, maybe it's a licensing thing or what, but you have TNG, they're reenacting Shakespeare <laughs> in the holodeck. They're having, you know, classical music in 10 forward. I don't know, you know, like I'm actually very old school. So sometimes I like stuff like that. I'm like, oh, it's so cultured, you know, uh, versus the pop music, the 21st century style pop music. I'm kind of like, it almost puts me, like it, it brings me out of the moment because it's too contemporary in some ways. So whereas Shakespeare and classical music in many senses is almost timeless. So I'm like, huh, I wonder if they like made that conscious decision to like feature a lot of classical music and like Shakespeare or Dixon Hill or whatever versus like trying to contemporize it. But in any case, now I'm going off on a tangent. In, in any case, I've been fixated, fixated and obsessed with some of these like performances and I've been like, critiquing them. So we talked about this last week, very briefly, Sarek, um, where we have Data, his part of a string quartet. It's like Mozart night. Um, so I've been obsessing over that and been seeking out the songs. One of them is Brahms, one's Mozart, one is Brahm, a Brahms piece. Uh, season six, Lessons with Nanella Darren, who is Picard's love interest. Well, I thought we talked about this once. Love Nella Darren. She's fantastic. She's Picard's equal, even though she's just a commander. But in from intelligent from intelligence standpoint, cult like cultural standpoint, she gets him, and they fit so well together, which really makes that episode tick. But you have you have her performing as part of a Chopin trio with Data and this Rando. So it's great. It's great. Um, and then also Inheritance season seven where. Surprise visit from Data's mom, Juliana Sung. Um, you find out that she's an android by the end, but throughout the course of the episode, you have her bonding with Data through music, obviously through her shared experience and trauma, sure. But um, also through their love of music where Data is practicing for this violent duet with who I don't know, but she's like, oh, I know this please. Let me replicate a viola, okay. And then they like practice it together and it's great. So and that is a handle piece, which I've also obsessed about before. Uh, I'm happy to put all, I, I'm happy to put references to all the actual pieces in our show notes, just so everyone knows. But um, yeah, I'm like, oh, I feel, you know, I, I'm like digging into it. And um, I don't know, it's, it's just something that I've been very obsessed with this week. So in any case, that's my, uh, that's my diatribe. All, all inspired by my watching of Sarek a couple of weeks ago. Well, but no, but then also, oh, also the second the, episode of Lower of Decks. Lower where Decks. Yeah. is like, I would love to be part of a string quartet. You know, yeah. that would be amazing. I'd be, and I was like, exactly. I would love to be part of a string quartet. You know, that that would be so cool. Intent forward, yeah, talent show. Let's go. So, yeah. there we go. So yeah, I've been focusing on those three moments and those three episodes, but I'm sure there's more. Um, I just uh, don't know what they are. I'll have to like hunt them down. Anyway, what have you been Star Trekking this week, Mike? Um, I uh, I did 
I've been going back and watching some select next gen episodes that sort of have been referenced in in Lower Decks. So oh, okay. I, I did watch uh, Second Chances with okay. uh, Thomas Riker, mm-hmm. uh, which was very good. Uh, still, still amazed. You know that 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 was an amazing performance by um, Jonathan Frakes to just play both a younger self but also an older mature the character who he embodies so Mm. it's definitely uh definitely enjoyable and obviously that was you know uh referenced to in the second episode of lower deck so i watched that very much uh that was also the collector's episode so i also watched uh oh the most toys yes yes. that's when i also ended up watching sarek because that came right after the most toys uh, so yeah, so I've just been watching that, and then right before we recorded, I just uh, randomly heard on another po- podcast, uh, actually uh, on our on our network, uh, Drawn to Trek was talking about, uh, and Aaron Harvey mentioned the final episode of the animated series, which I kind of thought would be the one with Spock too, which it wasn't, but. No. Um, so I ended up watching that right before we recorded and uh, just feeling like a kid growing up. Uh, obviously, it's a 70s cartoon. So. That is one adventure that I have yet to embark on. You know, it's just kind of like it just I mean, I, I grew up watching Saturday morning cartoons. Well, I'm seeing so Scooby, did I. But Scooby-Doo then nowadays they look that. so janky. Oh, yeah. No, the kids these days don't have that. They have Netflix and whatnot. To, yeah uh to watch and whatnot but uh yeah no we we had you know uh saturday morning cartoons super friends and scooby-doo and all of those and this this has this has definitely has the vibe of of that era of uh of and it also had robert april uh who was the first commander of enterprise according to history anyway um I can't yeah, pick so any of this because I haven't watched it at all. No, so there's that. And then I did mention before I'd finished, I read the the latest Rogue Elements uh, Star Trek Picard novel. Right. right. Uh, which was really good as well about Rios and mm-hmm. uh, Cristobal Rios. So, which was also re- really enjoyable. And it also had the collector Faja in it as well. So oh. that was also another impetus to kind of go and watch the most, the most toys. toys. Again. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that's pretty much all I've been. I've been dabbling in a bunch of different jumping around on different series and things outside of Star Trek. But those are the things that I've been watching uh, in the Star Trek universe. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much it. That's a lot. Yeah, I mean, I've been watching a little bit more just random TV shows. And uh, yeah, it's just a good distraction while I'm cooking or uh, just trying to chill out. And I had my first weekend off, like no work this past weekend. That's right, yeah. I was so, um, so I was able to relax and kind of do just just be have some downtime. So I was yeah, watching totally. a bunch of different things. So yeah, well, why don't we get into uh, Lower Decks and talk about episode three. Tendi, you gotta warn me if we're gonna be meeting up with a sexy bad boy. That's my type. Well, one of my types. You have a thing for bad boys? Oh, I'm always dating bad boys. Bad girls, bad gender non-binary babes, ruthless alien masterminds, bad binars. Huh, I don't know if I've ever seen you date anyone. You usually seem to be with Boimler. What? Ew! No! What? Ew, that is so messed up. What? I don't know. You guys practically sleep in the same bunk. Ew, we do not! Ew! He's like a pet! Yuck! What? Are you and Rutherford dating? Not really. Cousin? Biceps. You shouldn't be here. If the syndicate catches me talking to someone. You'll do what I tell you to do, you dumb-faced jerk! Holy crap, who are you right now? It's an Orion thing. It actually makes me really uncomfortable. Donnie, I have a piece of a loot I need you to repair. That's to look like it was never broken in order to rip someone off. Anything for you, Mistress of the Winter Constellations. Mistress of the Winter Constellations? What? Okay, you gotta do this on the Cerritos. Don't tell anyone. That's a name I left behind long ago. I'll try, but it's... Oh, crap. 
Devana, what is this? Is she an imposter? Shut up and do your job. Devana? Is that some other weird title you've got? It's my name. Oh. What? You don't even know my first name? I, I thought it was Tendi, like, with no last name, like Odo. We have been working together for over a year, Beckett. Well, now you're just showing off. And I am going to say right off the bat about episode three is that I am so happy that the band is back together again. Yes, totally. It makes a big difference. For sure. But uh, we'll always have Tom Paris also brings a little boy to LD, as it were. <laughs> uh, I don't know if that rolls off. The, I don't know if any rolls off the tongue. Yeah, I um, I. I really like this episode. I definitely think to your point, having everyone back together makes a huge difference. Yeah. But what I really liked about this episode is that they switched up. It's like they heard me complaining when we were watching. <laughs> you and all the other fans. And I was like, why do Mariner and Boimler always have to be together? And why do Tendi and Waterford always have to be together? It's a, it was like too much. So it's like they heard us and they were like, let's switch it up. And it got a little meta. And they were like, we don't know each other at all. I just thought it was, it, that was like probably my favorite uh, out of the three storylines that was my favorite because it just gave them a chance to discover each other. We discovered a lot about them. Uh, there's a little bit of mystery to Tendi, which I want to know more about. So there's a lot of that that I thought worked really well in this episode. Mistress of the Winter Constellation. Yeah, I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so um, ridiculous. But it was very interesting. That was definitely like uh, one of my favorite parts of this episode, just seeing them on, gr on a girl's trip. Girl's yeah. trip. Girl's trip. And uh, for them to come to the realization that they really don't know each other at all. Yeah, no, it's uh, it was like good. And and I like the heart to heart at the end where they sort of come clean about why they're like that, why they right. probably didn't know a lot about each other. And, you know, Mariner says that she has lost a lot of people. People leave her life mm -hmm. for various reasons. I mean, we've seen the flashback to Deep Space Nine, mm -hmm. uh, which again was referenced this week as well because she uh, stole... Commander Worf's Batleth or something. Macleth. She, she like broke it or something. And she yeah. Fixed she needed it fixed. Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of interesting that she was on the station at the same time as Commander Worf. Um, what else? Uh, and then Tendi basically said that, you know, she's, I don't know. What did she say? Did she say she's trying to forget a lot of her past or try oh, to Oh, I actually don't remember <laughs> either. Oh, no. Poor Tendi. I, I think she was trying to break free of all of the um, biases against Orion. So she was kind of trying to leave her Orion. Leave that behind uh, a little bit. Leave that behind a little bit. Yeah. So I think um, I was multitasking when we got to her sharing, which is sad. Yeah. But, somehow I missed yeah, that. Uh, but I don't know uh, why I missed that. But uh, uh, yeah, no, I really. Tendi is just adorable. I love her. She is totally OCD. She's very neurotic in her own way. And we've talked about this where I, I relate to her in a certain way, because similar to how Boimler can be very neurotic about certain things. She's also, I mean, they're all actually kind of neurotic about things other than Mariner, really. They're, they all have very specific neuroses and fixations, but I, I totally adore Tendi. She's so sweet. Um, and the fact that she has this past, checkered past maybe, that we haven't really delved into yet just makes it more interesting for me. Definitely does. Uh, yeah, they had quite some adventures. Uh, it reminded me a lot of uh, when Mariner and Boimler took the Klingon to, to the planet and went through all of right. the different areas, the Klingon Bazaar and then the Andorians. Like it had that same sort of adventure mm -hmm. feel to it, uh, which was really uh, fun to see. So that was probably the main story point of this episode was that. And, and it all started because Tiana wanted a box, which yeah, I... I was like, okay, all right, it's cute, but 
why yeah you know i I, you know i was too and even the ending the ending didn't i didn't get the ending until the second viewing and i think i read something somewhere about how and i'm i'm more of a dog person i've had cats before but um a long long time ago but i forgot that cats love boxes and bags oh my gosh do you not see cat videos on your instagram no i do not i do not okay wow i do and i can (laughs) definitely attest that so you got it on the first watch you yes of course cats love boxes no i didn't and then even big cats love boxes because i've seen videos where it will be at a zoo and they will bring out this huge cardboard box for the tigers and they love it so it's wow, really i've never funny. seen that that's interesting yeah yeah no i didn't i didn't get that didn't hit land with me on the first viewing so yeah wow. but uh out. uh yeah i did miss out so one other thing that i think would be relevant for us to discuss is i it seems that this episode verified that mariner is pansexual she basically is up for anyone including binars i was like okay bad binars uh you know gender non-conforming babes uh you know uh bad boys bad girls you know anything yeah yeah so that was really cool to hear as well i think that that's uh and also the ensuing discussion after that about i've never seen you with anyone except boimler right (laughs) <laughs> and, and she's, she's like, like no he's like a pet <laughs> yeah he's like a pet Boimler. she's like ew he's like a pet you but know she was uh, into the orion cousin yeah uh i mean you know f- as far as orions go that would be a, an orion daddy right there um yeah. uh with the Definitely big biceps and the uh finely uh trimmed white beard yes i'm not really uh, into facial hair i have to say i mean i'm not either but uh there is this you know piece of culture that uh lgbt culture around this so it was kind of interesting um yeah so there was that yeah that was totally great to hear and uh, a real you know a nice shout out i think again once again star trek just opening people's minds and pushing bounds a little bit yeah. um, and it wasn't it wasn't I, I in like your that face. wasn't so in your face it was just like right. you know that's just yeah. part of who i am and no big deal yeah and i i did like that that it was it's just kind of part of you know her personality right and part of her preferences and whatever you know yeah. and it's they didn't make a big deal of it which i liked yeah i did too so that was the major storyline of the episode. And then we had these two other things, obviously. Uh, so in the opening sequence, I, I mean, I'm as shocked. Oh, as, my gosh. I I'm like, as shocked as uh, Rutherford, Rutherford is. I'm like, like, what the fuck? Yeah, you were like, we were we were on Slack and you were like, oh, there's one other surprise. I was like, oh, because you watched it before I did. And I started the episode and I was like, excuse me? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was a uh, what the F moment. Um, and to be fair, they didn't change. The the only thing that changed in the opening sequence of, of Lower Decks was that the um, Packleds were part of the Romulan Borg battle. But right. Fred Tratascuri... Uh, his name has never been removed and oh, he oh, played oh. and he he plays shot he, he voices shacks and right, so right, right. um you know it was kind of interesting you know i guess we all could have been like oh what you know what's he still doing on the the opening credits maybe Shaq i think i mentioned Shaq. this but sometimes they do have actors do different roles. other voices yeah sure especially voice acting so that's what yep. i thought it was but clearly it's not um so we had that shock and then rutherford speaking of obsessive compulsive behavior just couldn't let it go i mean i understand because rutherford carries a lot of guilt around being the cause of shax's death so um you know i've I've heard you know you know i can under so i can understand that and i've heard that people have tweeted at at mike mcmahon and said what the heck like you know why Shaq's back, and I, and you know to be honest, I, I'm I'm in the camp that 
you know, while I like Shax as a character, I'm in the camp that it sort of takes away from last season's finale a little bit. Right. Uh, no, I agree. It, it because diminishes it's that basically a like bit. everything's back to status quo. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's back, including Shax. So. Um, and and we we have this new security officer Kayshawn, who we met last week. You oh, know, yeah, where, did he go? Uh, where did he go? So um, so there's that part of it too. Uh, so who knows? Um, I did like all the little references when Rutherford was trying to figure out why he was back, and you had oh yeah all like mirror universe reference, the Nexus, a Dyson sphere, the yep. Borg, like it. You know, there's so many ways. Mariner. Genesis, and Genesis device. Genesis device, of course. Yep. Mariner and Boimler listed off almost every way that a main character has come back to life. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely. It's it's, uh, you know, understandable, but it's also frustrating because you're like, yeah, we, we saw Shax die heroically, mind right. you. Yeah. Saving Rutherford. And um, yeah, I don't think he needed to come back. I, I mean, I liked him as well, but I think I mentioned it when we were talking about the finale of season one. It also, I don't think it really, I, I didn't really have a much of an emo- emotional reaction to his death because I don't feel I really got to know him as a character. Sure. So I was like, all right, he's back. That's fine. You yeah. Know? I didn't really miss him. No, I didn't miss him either. I, you know, it's yeah, and and the whole point is that he, the whole point is that lower deckers do not know all of, all right. of the reasons, all of the details of missions and things that happen, which so, does which, speak back to the TNG lower deck. Lower decks. So we yes. have all these things happening. Yeah, and everyone has like bits and pieces of it. Yep, exactly. It actually, it actually made me want to rewatch the TNG episode, but it's like there's a lot going on, and we know nothing. Yeah, or no, we're like not supposed to say anything. Yeah, they were all under orders not to say anything, and uh, so it was. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. So I I think that it's uh you know the whole point is again that lower deckers don't know what's going on, and so I don't think we're ever going to get an answer to how he returned. Which is, uh, I think but it does sort of an- bring up some questions about. You know, we got a new security officer last week. What happens to him? You know, right. so right. there are those sort of uh, interesting uh, pieces. So that's that's the second storyline. I don't know if that's the A. I don't know if that's the B or the C storyline, but um, I would think I would categorize that as C only because Tom Paris is part of the story. Yeah, that's and we true. literally the title is we'll always have Tom Paris. Yeah. Yeah, so, so that's that the ended C up being, plot. That so ended we, up being the B storyline. Yeah, one yeah, one. Yeah, so then then we have Boimler back and having trouble because the computer doesn't recognize him because of the increased security due to the packlids. So, um, inter- you know, I, I I don't know. I I was annoyed for Boimler. I'm like, come on, this is the 25th century almost. Like, you can't get your shit together and put a person back into the computer. Uh, I mean, obviously there are still going to be IT problems. In the <laughs> yeah. 20th century. Yeah. Apparently 24th uh, century. This is still 24th. It is. Yeah. The late 24th century. So um, yeah. So yeah, there are still IT problems and apparently Billups is the man, the IT manager, right? <laughs> uh, the chief engineer, I guess. So um, but the one big thing that I think everybody calls out is that uh boimler is in the jeffrey's tubes above the bridge right yeah when i first uh, watched it i feel part of my mind registered it and thought it was odd but i didn't process it because you immediately get the scene where tom paris thinks that boimler is a kazon and that i cracked up yeah this that is was... so ridiculous and they started having a fist fight i i was cra- i was cracking up so it wasn't until yeah i i like I didn't really register it until I started hearing people talking about it. And I was like, oh, that's right. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. But, it, but it, it, you know, yeah, it yeah, it's matter. really the only way that, the you know, it makes sense from a story standpoint that he would fall from the ceiling. I guess. And, uh, you know, but anyway, yeah. So we have a little bit of Tom Paris in this episode. Obviously, the plate 
I wanted more of Tom Perez, but it's fine. Yeah. Uh, Obviously, he's there to serve the primary characters, but I would have liked a little bit more of him. Yeah, I mean, he he's there for the, you know, the senior officers. He's really not there for the ensigns. But uh, I guess that Boimler and he are going to have a drink uh, and maybe he'll sign Boimler's plate. Uh, I love that he has, I, he has plates for every single cast um, member or the entire senior um, staff. Yeah, as a boy. <laughs> that was so, really great. Yes. Uh, that was a little interesting. Uh, I wonder how long, well, we've only seen the Tom Paris one, which is interesting, but, uh, I wonder how long it'll be before we see plates from all of the other Voyager cast. That's so funny. So funny. Uh, so yeah. So Boimler's back on his own adventure, having his own struggles with Cerritos, uh, talking to a plate, being zapped in fumes and everything uh, and crying i think there was some crying probably a lot of screaming there's uh, definitely a screaming and i think the crying was when he was a little bit high and he was like do i exist or something yeah it was yeah so i think that's when so he started dramatic. talking to the plate at that point was yes, the fumes it's yeah. so dramatic it's so great yeah it's uh it was good uh so the the group is back together again Different, uh, different storylines for all three. I, th- I mean, this is this feels like one of the first episodes where we've had three different plot lines kind of weaved together. Um, it is a little bit much, like three plot lines for twenty five minutes. It, it it is a lot. It felt it felt fine to me, but I think I heard a few other folks say that if it was a lot packed in, which I understand, it it is a lot. It is a lot. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, but I, I, they did well with it. I don't think it, it didn't feel no, yeah, I, I, it didn't, I didn't feel bad it, at any yeah. point, you know, so I think that they did a really good job with it. But hopefully uh, we don't try to do that every week going forward. Um, and no preview for this week. Uh, something about a Mugatu something is the only thing yeah, I've seen. I, I saw the title. I was like, I, I don't know what this is supposed to mean. So uh, that that drops tomorrow. So we'll talk about that next week. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I would say that this is my favorite episode of season two so far. Um, I agree. Yeah, it was my favorite. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I felt that the first two episodes were good, but they were missing this and that what they were missing was the crew being lower deckers on the Cerritos and right. having their own adventures. And, and, you know, I, apparently ever since the, well, this season, uh, Mariner is going to spend a lot of time in the brig. Apparently. I, I mean, she might as well move her bunk into the brig at this I point, know. Uh, but I did her. love her parting shot to ransom, put the bee in the brig. Yeah, this imaginary bee that she creates to uh, give Tendi a better story for yeah. her, for the reason why the scratching post, the unnecessary scratching post. I know, I know. Uh, Whatever. It was still, it was still cute. It just yeah, it was cute. Sense. Yeah. So I'm, I'm happy with this episode. I definitely my favorite from this season so far, and I hope, uh, I hope it keeps on going back. But I am, I do have to say, I'm a little concerned. Just about a complete reset back to the beginning of season one. I, I agree. Know. I mean, it uh, works. It's obviously, I feel the reason why they went back to it is because it is a formula that works. But I'm also kind of like, I kind of want, I kind of want it to have a, I guess I want it both ways. I, I want things to change and for things to be sh- shaken up. But at the same time, if they are shaken up too much, it makes me, it displeases me, so I don't know what I <laughs> yeah. want. I mean, yeah. So I don't know. It did bother me too, but at the same time, because I enjoyed the episode, it didn't bother me that much. Yeah, I mean, well, I guess we'll have to see how the next episode or two goes and see what what they're doing with these characters this season. Uh, after all of this has kind of, after we've what I consider the dust has been settled and. Mm-hmm. Boimler now has access to the ship and, and Shax is back. Shax is back and, and we have Kayshawn or we don't have Kayshawn. Who the heck knows? I don't. Uh, I but anyway, it'll be interesting to see where. Maybe he died. You <laughs> wouldn't even know. Oh, yeah. Maybe we don't even maybe know what dead. happened. 
We'll never know what. Maybe we'll just like we don't know how Shax came back. We'll never know what happened to Keishan again. Yeah. Who knows? Um, although Keishan is now famous in the realm of collectibles, uh, becoming this teddy bear. Yes. Yes. Uh, so uh, we'll always have Keishan. Apparently, we'll always have Keishan. Correct. So well, that I think that it's a good place to end for this week's episode of yeah uh, of that um cool. do you want to tell uh do you want to tell our viewers how they can get in touch with us and then i'll do you want to tell them about our sponsor oh of course yes uh well fansets is our sponsor as everyone here knows we love fansets and uh actually right now as of right now fansets is on a little bit of a break they are hiatus. Uh, they're on a hiatus uh I believe it's Lou's daughter is getting married, so they are taking a break this week. Uh, so there will be no order shipped out, but there are tons of new pins available uh, and uh, more coming soon. Let me see if I can find the the list of all the awesome pins. I mean, I picked up a few at um, a few at uh, not Star Trek Las Vegas. And uh, oh my god, I have a bug bite. I just noticed. <laughs> oh, it's over. I the, hate mosquito bites. Oh, uh, I do too. Terrible. And, and mosquitoes are the worst. That's what happens when you go outside. It's like, oh, you, I mean, you, you could have brought him yourself. inside. Maybe he's inside with you. No, I think it's from yesterday. It takes it takes 12, 24 hours for my bites to start inflaming. Oh, okay. <laughs> just, just so you know. Thank you. Dr. And for Justin. all our listeners are interested in my uh skin reaction to great anyway continue so anyway so we've got a bunch of new micro pins coming out so there's dr Pulaski, rin garan and general martok they're already out coming soon are guinan admiral vance uh season three captain burnham uh jet reno which i did not see and oh wow jet reno i know i'm i'm gonna have to get jet reno uh to add to my collection uh vic fontaine your favorite oh i hate vic fontaine <laughs> yes we know. oh yeah we forgot to talk about it there was like the, the random easter eggs vic fontaine oh yeah the vic fontaine vic sign quarks. on Quailor 2 yeah Quailor and two. quarks and quarks and uh the yeah Zebulon i saw the fontaine i, I got like yeah. I, I was triggered I mean, yeah you were yes i got a text uh also available from star trek 4 dr jillian taylor and uh admiral kirk in his uh, maroon uh, uniform, which uh, has always been my favorite uniform. Uh, we'll have to see how the Discovery like Season a- 4 uniform looks, but... Uh, the maroon one? The maroon one from Star Trek 2 to Star Trek uh, 6. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, and actually Generations too. So uh, those are all coming out in the near future, so look for those. and. If you go to fansets.com, put a bunch of pins in your cart. If you, well, I mean, if you get even just a handful of these, you're going to have more than $30 in your cart and uh, you'll get free shipping in the US. And then add the code DSPRIDE, all caps. All caps. And you'll you'll get 10% off your order. So we want to give a huge shout out to Lou and John and the gang at Fansets who sponsor Deep Space Pride and the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. Thanks, Fansets. And now, how do our listeners get in touch with us? Yeah, well, you can all reach us on social media, on Twitter, Instagram. Our handles there are at Deep Space Pride. Or you can email us at deepspacepride at gmail.com. There we go. There we go. Well, cool. next next week we'll be back to talk about Mugatu Gugatu or whatever know. episode. I don't know. Maybe we'll take a trip to Deanna's office. Uh, yeah. you're, going to, you're going to Chicago, so you might have some things to report. That's right. I'm going to Chicago for Labor Day weekend. I'm going to go see a friend of mine that lives there. He used to live in New York, but he moved to Chicago. And we're going to be spending a few days together, so it should be fun. Awesome. Well, uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. And we'll see you all again next week. Bye. 
Space Pride is a production of Coconut Media Works. Executive producers Bill Smith and Dan Davidson. For more great Star Trek discussion, discover the other shows of the Trek Geeks podcast network at trekgeeks.com or find us in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Coconut!